0: Spotlight with Sarah Hendy. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council.
1: Faster my, it's good to have you along this evening. We're going to be speaking to a group of storytellers tonight who are bringing to life the tales and times of people buried in Ballor Churchyard in Ramsey. The stories are taken from Story from Stone, which is a book by two local writers. Now, if you can't hang around to the end of the program, don't worry. You can always find Spotlight as a podcast. Just head to manxradio.com, hit podcasts and select Spotlight. And today's episode will be available just after half past six. Now, this evening we're talking to a group who've been supported by Culture Vannin. Story from Stone is a book by local writers Kim Neen and Vicky Lloyd West and it's been illustrated by Joe Davies. The book's due to be released this Saturday, October the 10th, so do keep an eye out in uh, The Snug in Ramsey and both branches of The Bridge Bookshop as well, where that will be available for 14 99 from this Saturday. Now the book weaves together stories, life histories and illustrations inspired by the real lives of the people buried at Bellor Chapel in Ramsey. Now this is somewhere where people from other places were generally buried. It's a really interesting collection of people. And to celebrate the book's launch, a whole host of local talent will be sharing readings, poetry and music to bring these stories to life at the launch event this Friday. Now, before we get too excited, I'm afraid the event has sold out now. However, director James Beatty, in the conversation you're just about to listen to, he sounds pretty keen to stage a repeat performance. So do watch this space. I joined the team at a rehearsal and spoke to writers Vicky Lloyd-West and Kim Neen, who've written this book together, and director James Beatty, who is coordinating the performance. So I spoke to them before I took a turn about the room to speak to some of the performers, including Jackie Murray-Grace, who's written a poem especially for the occasion. I suppose one of the the things that struck me first about, um, about this project, because, I mean, there are so many strands to it, is that if you're not familiar with South Ramsey, you might not even have come across Below Church before. And yet the number of stories that you've uncovered there is
2: just astonishing think even people that are familiar with that area of the town, um, somehow Belaw Chapel, you know, it's so secluded, it's in su- such a tucked away little spot that even people that have lived there for years don't even know it exists. But certainly, you know, generations of children have played in Belaw Chapel. Um, I did as a child. Um, even in the 1860s, children were playing there. It was originally actually this, the, the, the town's school many, many years ago until Bishop Wilson put a stop to that. Gosh, so it's got quite a history. And um, what gave you the idea? Um, Well, I was looking for inspiration, really, and I came across the Manx Notebook website, and it contains a list of memorial inscriptions, and it included a headstone inscription for a a toddler called Samuel Cathcart. And the inscription was really, really poignant and so different to any of the others that, that I saw listed there. And his parents basically described him on the headstone as our wee ducky. And I thought it was so moving, so poignant, so heartfelt and it just um, inspired me really to, to try and find out more about Samuel and his parents and who they were.
3: And how did the two of you start working together? Well, we first met um, at uh, Manx Lit Fest about four years ago, I, was, I would say. And we got to know each other there. Um, and, you know, we've been writing sort of short stories ever since. Uh, and Kim just one day suggested that she was was interested in graveyards. let's go and have a look, have a look round, and we we looked round Macolt, And then she took me um, to Balor, and I'm one of those people who didn't know it was there a year ago, Uh, but obviously I do, I do now. Um, And we had a look round, and there were all sorts of intriguing inscriptions there that made you think, well, you know, why were they in that, that country, why did they come here? Um, you know, why were they at sea? These sorts of sorts of questions, and actually, it fell into place quite easily about which which people we'd write about. We didn't have any tussles over it. We actually found it quite. We quite naturally were drawn to different um, to different lives, uh, and we started off thinking we'd just write a local history book, you know, with the normal photographs and so on but then because we're short story writers um, it gradually evolved that we thought well why don't we bring them to life and that's what we did
1: <laughs> and
3: what a lovely di- idea it is too and I suppose that, that's where you come in
2: isn't it
4: yes well I was very new to the island I'd just come out of isolation and I heard that there was this book reading going on in a barn and I thought oh perfect perfect introduction to, to the life here <laughs> going to, it was just a night out for me and I didn't really expect very much Um, but I was just completely charmed by the whole project really and especially because that was a charity fundraiser to to buy a beachworthy wheelchair because I've been a carer myself, and my mum's registered disabled, so that touched me even further. So I offered to get involved at the end, and I've been roped in.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I think you've been roped in with uh,
1: good reason. Tell us about tell us about what you do.
4: Well, for, for me, any opportunity to tell a story theatrically, <laughs> I'll jump at the opportunity because I'm from theatre background. I've been in uh, West End theatre since I was a child. Um, And then I was a lecturer at the Liverpool Institute for Performing Arts for um, over a decade. Um, And uh, I just seem to have uh, fallen here on the island at the right time, really. And um, yes, I've been putting my fingers out here and there to try and get involved in as many pies as possible. <laughs> and this this is the first one, so they've actually got my commitment first. <laughs> um, but there's a few a few more things in the pipeline. Um, I've been commissioned by the Erin Arts Centre to write a musical based on the Manx fairy tales for children. Uh, so we're gonna start that this half term, hopefully. Um, I've also been asked to direct the panto at the Gaiety Theatre. Um, and I'm hoping to get involved in as much of this sort of thing as possible, really yeah well,
1: it's a lovely way to get to know the island's history, culture so the stories are all
3: recorded in the book that you've been working on together how do we find a copy when when is it out right well obviously it'll be available on Friday at at the launch and we've had a few people already pre reserve copies which is is nice Um, but it'll go on sale the following day Saturday the 10th of October and it'll be available from the Snug in Parliament Street which is Kim's business Bridge Bookshop will have a few copies as well Um, and so mainly Ramsey based at least to start with the book will be available there
1: i can't imagine how two people sit together to sort of develop these stories do you write separately and then meet up or do you write sitting next to each other i mean there must be
3: must be so many ways we we write separately because we do we do have different styles of of writing um, Kim is more is more the lyrical person, and of course she's much more steeped in Manx culture than I am. So um, she she knows things that I probably don't, um, and I think I'm a bit more character driven, and Kim is a bit more history. History and, and culture-driven. So we, we write separately, but we then do critique each other's stories, and we certainly share. I've shared the research side. We can. We, you know, it'll be midnight, one in the morning, and we'll still be messaging each other with things we found for our own stories or for each other, each other's research. So from that point of view, it has been um, very collaborative indeed, and we're even better friends. Um, than we were when we started which
1: is lovely I'm not surprised because it's quite um yeah you have to be prepared to be very honest with each other and um a creative relationship can be quite an interesting one to navigate sometimes
2: yeah I think it's worked really 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 well and we've got some ideas for the future as well um (laughs) Yeah, so, so watch the space. Tell us how it's going to work on Friday.
1: Uh, for those of us who, who are attending, I understand there's there's no, there's no seats left. It's It's been very, very popular. But um, what can we look forward to? And for those who can't attend,
2: what might there be on the horizon that we can sort of stay tuned for? OK, well, we're really, really excited that Jacqueline Morrie-Grace has written a poem, especially for us, about um, the Lord Chapel. So Jackie's going to kick off the evening with that. Um, that's a real coup for us. You know, we can't wait. We can't wait to hear that. It's going to be fantastic. She's a great performance poet. And then, basically, our audience are going to be introduced to some of the some of the residents of Balor, some of the people that that are buried there. And we've got a fantastic cast who are going to bring those people to life uh, with the help of James. Um, and then we're going to do some short readings from the book as well. There's also going to be some great music, um, some Victorian music, which Dilys Sari is going to sing for us, and Simon Smart too.
4: And hopefully we'll do a repeat performance maybe, with the demand being so high. Um, We need to get this one out of the way first. (laughs) We'll let you know when the Las Vegas opening
6: is. (laughs) Yeah, I want to mark
1: that in my diary, so do keep me in the loop. Thank you. So Jackie, I've been told that you have written a poem especially for this event.
0: This is true. Yeah, Kim got in contact with me and asked me to write a poem, which um, I understand is now opening the launch on Friday. Where did
1: it begin for you? How did you, how did you start this process?
0: <laughs> uh, well, after Kim got in contact with me, uh, you know, I decided to go to Blue Churchyard and I went down a really beautiful sunny um, Sunday afternoon, and I just gathered. Um, I had a look around; it. it was amazing, actually, because like you know, they really have got interesting inscriptions. So that really lifted me. Also, I was chatting to Kim by a messenger, and I started to get an idea of how to start the poem, um, and it's just evolved
1: from there, really. <laughs> Any you, are you introducing us to the space or some of the people? Like, what angle did you take on that? Actually, it's about the atmosphere that I'm really dealing with.
0: Mm-hmm. So. I spoke to a few people around Ramsey who knew a bit more than me about Belour Churchyard as well and they said that it was a convenient tomb so that people who um, didn't want to go didn't have family in Mackled or over in Lazare often buried at Belour so it would be an obvious place to put strangers and it seemed like quite sad so I went, but when I looked around and read the inscriptions I was really taken with the fact that actually they were really laid with reverence you know they're really beautifully inscribed and there's, there's really nice little things written on them and it says where they're from and maybe what their job was and it's it really did um, come alive to me.
1: Hello,
3: Dillis. Sorry to interrupt. Um, you're, doing, you're doing a musical number, aren't you? Yes, I am. I have to sing a wonderful Victorian song um, called The Forsaken. I'm doing my best with all the demi-semi-quavers. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so where did this come from? Well, I'm playing uh, Mary Elizabeth Dumbbell, and she was actually a singer in Ramsey in around about 1860 and she sang at Charity Functions so who better for the part than somebody who was often singing at Charity Functions in Ramsey well it actually could have been me or your mum really couldn't it
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, how did the song come about is this something that she wrote herself or she used to perform
3: apparently this is something that she used to perform and it ties in with a story that Vicky has written about the character so you'll have to uh, buy the book and find out all about the character and why she was singing this song, and the implications of it. Oh gosh, sounds rather mysterious. Can't wait. Thank
1: you, Dillis. So, Maria, tell us a little bit about the
5: story, the character that you're sharing with us in this performance. Oh, she's um, from Wales originally, and she's pretty much been banished, as she says, banished to Ramsey to preserve her family's reputation. Oh, God. Um, It's quite a sad story, really. Um, She's got mental health problems. Um, She's had to leave her children. Her husband's taken her money. And I think what they're doing with the stories, you start to think about these people and what they were like and how they were like us. Sometimes I think we forget that. We see the names on the gravestones and we forget they were all real people with the families and the hopes and the dreams and the ambitions. It's quite poignant in its own way that
1: the fact that Vicky and Kim have brought to life these people who
5: might otherwise have been forgotten. I think most of them probably have been forgotten. Um, There's a saying that that, uh, as long as someone speaks your name, you're never truly gone. So in a way, it's bringing these people back. It is a wonderful thing that I think they've done with these and the the variety of stories and the different people, um, all the strangers who've come to the Isle of Man for so many different reasons, some good, some not so good, some who never actually set foot on the island but are buried here. It's a a strange thought, isn't it? So
1: Simon, tell tell us about the story that you're telling.
6: Well, I'm playing the part of a headmaster who is, has a strong belief in discipline, that's the word. And you can see this here, this is my, uh, my tors, oh which is a kind of leather whip sort of thing, which is what he used yeah. to enforce discipline at Ramsey Grammar School Crikey. in uh, 1838, I think it is. Mm-hmm.
1: And was he an islander or is he someone who found himself here as well?
6: He made his way here from Scotland mm-hmm. and uh, set up Ramsey Grammar School as a boarding school. And, yeah, he was there for 16 years, enforcing discipline.
1: (laughs) It sounds like quite a scary character. Um, We know how musical you are. Will there be any of that weaving into this performance?
6: Yes, myself and Dillis have a song at the end of the uh, performance. We'll be singing What Can The Matter Be? Um, It's a slightly modified version of the song that ties in with some of the stories we have here today
1: hello gentlemen I spot some very fancy waistcoats around here who are we, uh, who, who, who are we speaking to and who who are your characters
7: Gordon Gordon West uh, who, who you, you, we already know each other quite well um, and my character is um, dr. Benjamin Bell um, who was a surgeon to King George the fourth um, so he's quite a, a big he and he's come onto the island and he's quite a big cheese on the island um, because he uh, was involved in the setting up for the first medical society on the island. Um, so really, he was kind of licked some of these local doctors into shape, you know, and made sure that they were doing things correctly. You know, so there, there's a lot of that going on, but 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 the part is very much about him communicating, trying to get his wife to come to the island, who didn't come to the island in the end, and he stayed here without her, and she stayed in Edinburgh. So there's a bit of there's a bit of. A, a, a pathos going on there as well in, in the background, basically. But yeah, quite, a, quite an interesting character. It's quite a nice, quite a nice part. I'm just reading a letter in that, in, that, in the in the, in,
6: in, in the part.
1: It is incredible how these people from so many different walks of life found themselves on the Isle of Man and in the <laughs> churchyard eventually. Um, the second fabulous waistcoat. Uh, what's your name and, and who's pa- wh- which part are you playing?
8: So I'm Mike Tier. and I'm playing William Armstrong um, who is the butler at Milnetown. So um, yeah, the characters come over to the Isle of Man to work for Deemster, the Christian family um, who owned Milnetown at the time. Um, and he's been there for about 50 years. Um, a, a devout man, but um, yeah, really good character to play, actually.
1: And what kind of what kind of time are we talking here? What kind of um, era?
8: So we're probably talking around the 1870s, I would
6: think. Yeah.
1: I think it's just fascinating how um, all of these different stories, they're all from different times, different times in history, and yet they all come together in this in this one tale. Whose story are you telling?
8: My name's Peter Davis. I am playing a fascinating character, Captain Nathaniel Island. Uh, he was a slave ship captain, and as you've just said, he was 18th century, born 1744, and overlaps into the early 19th. And so, as you might imagine... A pretty hard character who'd been all over the oceans shipping slaves you know from uh, Nigeria to Jamaica and so on and um, a hard character but but again with some pathos in it I feel he in the end of his story he's estranged from his manx wife which is the reason he came to the island and um, he becomes rather a a, 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 an affluent, but but uh, you know, with some sadness in his, in his life at the end, really. But but a very strong character to play, uh, you know. Good to play. It's uh, dramatically, it's good to play. Yeah.
1: An interesting tale to be telling in these times as
8: well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So all in all, as, as you say, I mean, you know, the it's been a great project of Kim and Vicky's to resurrect literally these people. None of us would have known much about them except local historians. And I think it's, uh, it's, I'm really proud to be part of that, You know, to give somebody another life for a bit.
7: <laughs> I, I do think that, that one of the great assets about, about this approach is the fact that it's showing the, the Manx view of the wider world within the context of history. The temp, you know, it's almost it's impossible not to concentrate entirely on Manx history, and there's, there's plenty there to, 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 to work on. Um, but this is an interesting place. That there's plenty of Manx history in it, but at the same time, all most of the stories are outward looking, really, and looking at how the, the island was interacting over various periods of time historically um, with other parts of the world. And you know, so it's, there's really something in it for everybody. You know, there's lots of the dramatic. It's also
8: story. fascinating, as um, Mike said, he's playing somebody who lived here for 50 years yet was still considered a stranger and put in that graveyard rather than he may have chosen somewhere else. But anyway, he ended up after a 50-year residence, so there's not much hope for me. I've only been here seven years. (laughs) (laughs) I I think they'll probably just tip me into the Irish Sea.
1: Hopefully times have changed by now.
7: (laughs) No, it's, it's super. But I, you know, I, the island is a welcoming place, really, yes, and and you see that in a lot of the characters that they've stayed here because you know Benjamin Bellan is a good example. You'd have thought, well, Edinburgh, you know, which at that time would have been, a, a, you know, one of the premier cities in the empire, you know, um, and yet he came into the island even without his wife, still stayed here. There must have been something keeping him here, which we all know about really, and he must have had good relationships with the people on the island and with the professionals on the island, the medical uh, profession. Um, yeah, it, it can't be a chance, and, and that, that really is, is, is the strength of, of violent communities generally, but in particular I think the island man, because it's big enough to be, kind of, you know, have a mixed, in, uh, a mixed uh, environment for, for, for strangers and the visitors of the island, definitely. So.
9: Um, Well, I am the character Martha Trevitt, Miss Martha Trevitt, who was born in 1771. But, just like me, a Northerner who came to the Isle of Man, um, not too far from where I was born. Um, And my um, companion, Mrs Elizabeth Brew, uh, was from Bolton also and they both moved to the Isle of Man, um, Elizabeth, for reasons of health. And it's been very interesting at how Vicky and Kim have aligned the characters to people they know, Um, because yeah, I do identify with Martha. She, um, whereby Elizabeth is is a sickly lady. She's frail, she's, yeah, she's she's a real lady and she does ladylike things. Uh, Martha isn't uh, quite of the same social standing but Martha gets the fun it seems to me because she loves beachcombing salvaging from wrecks which happened a lot at that time Um, and uh, gardening so she keeps house and she gardens for Mrs Brew
1: yeah I think you've expressed that perfectly in your outfit tell us about this apron because I just
9: think it's fantastic oh thank you Sarah You, you wouldn't really be able to tell how old it is would you from
1: no I thought it was quite, quite new it's the kind of thing I might have seen on um, you know quite chic minimalist websites do you know what I mean it looks, it looks handmade and it looks well made
9: ok well I can say it did come from a quality household yes um, uh, my, my neighbour Mrs, um, Mrs. Joan Deprey, this uh, gardening apron was her grandfather's yeah and if I said to you that Joan is um in her eighties
2: um
9: yeah, but it, it it wasn't used much, apparently, and it was just hanging in the hall on a on the coat hanger, and she said, uh, Oh, you need an apron as well because look at the blouse
2: yeah, this
9: is my neighbour's lovely um Victorian blouse, well, mock Victorian, but I said, Thank you so much, joan you've done it again you've saved me pounds and pounds.' <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely cuz the
1: yeah the items that you're wearing tell a story themselves you know on their own which is which is really really lovely and um, it seems like a lovely production to be part of
9: well i think it is because as we know from manx lit fest in years gone by i think it's 3 years mm, this month or last month when three of the other participants in this show were 1st, 2nd and 3rd in the Manx Lit Fest short story slam and so uh, this were a little gang that have been um, bivering around doing things like this together for a few years now so it re- really is a lovely company plus the addition of James who's really uh, set a cat amongst the pigeons really in terms of up u- raising our game.
1: And it's really easy to keep up to date with Story from Stone on Facebook. Just pop it in the search bar and request to join the group. And to reserve a signed copy of the book, email storyfromstone at gmail.com. It'll be priced at $14.99 and as I said earlier, you can buy the book when it's released on Saturday from the SNUG in Ramsey or the Bridge Bookshop in Port Arryn or in Ramsey. Now, normally I'd say, join me next week, but next Wednesday and the Wednesday following, join Dolin Mercer, who'll be speaking to Manx Radio's rising star, William King, as he adjusts to life as a university fresher at the University of York in these very strange times, lockdown, restrictions, you name it. So from me, until the 28th, have a lovely, creative
9: few weeks. Slen you.